Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to a bonus episode of the Battery Power Podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, going solo on a Monday afternoon because in typical Braves fashion, the Braves waited until just a few hours after we recorded our most recent podcast. In fact, if you missed it somehow, I talked to my friend and regular co-host Scott Coleman on episode 429 on Sunday evening, covering a lot of different things from Kyle Wright to Aaron Bummer to the pitching market and all of that. And uh, basically all of that is still very relevant at this point. So I encourage you to listen to that show in full. But as we kind of joked about at the end of that podcast, the Braves have a penchant for announcing transactions on Monday mornings, in particular uh, in the month of November. It's happened before, and it happened again today. So just before lunch on Monday, November 20th, the Braves did what they often do again and basically made a notable sign that they announced on their own, which also happens with the Braves many more times than other franchises probably combined. Other teams had their news reported. The Braves announced it themselves. It's one of the nice quirks of the Anthopolis era, but I say all that. The Braves bringing in veteran pitcher Reynaldo Lopez on a deal that will keep him with the Braves through at least 2026 contractually and potentially through 2027 with a pretty interesting contract structure that we'll talk about later on in the podcast. But perhaps the most interesting bit here is the role that Reynaldo Lopez might be in when it comes to the upcoming season especially. So... Lopez is about to be 30 years old, no big age concerns or injury concerns. He's been almost a entirely, I would say, a reliever for the last two, two and a half seasons. He was a reliever for a decent chunk of 2021. He's been a reliever for the last two years, basically in full. However, within a few minutes of announcing the signing, the Braves very clearly told some of their beat writers, I believe Justin Toscano of the AJC was the first one to share this out publicly, that Lopez is going to be, quote, stretched out end quote, and be prepared as a potential starting pitcher as spring training approaches in a couple of months. Of course, that does not mean that he will definitely start. Keep that in mind. Him being stretched out does not mean he's definitely going to be starting, but Lopez does have 97 career starts in the big leagues, and they clearly believe on some level, or at least one out there publicly, that they believe that he might be able to start and help them in that role. Last year, Lopez threw 66 innings out of the bullpen for three different teams, and his stuff really played up a lot in the bullpen. His average velocity on his fastball was about 98 miles an hour. That is obviously quite high. His four-seam fastball had incredibly impressive metrics. He sort of lived off that in a lot of different ways. He was in the 80th percentile or higher in strikeout rate and whiff rate, so he missed his bats a lot. Exit velocity allowed, so he wasn't giving up a ton of like super hard contact all the time. He did walk some guys last year. It's an area of uh, sort of potential concern to circle, but before last year, it was was not really a problem at all. 
for Lopez. In fact, his career walk rate is just over three per nine innings. It was below two in the previous two years out of the bullpen. So I'm going to you know take a deep breath on that one, not really worried about too much of the walks, but keep that in mind. It was a problem for him last season. Now, remember, it sort of remains to be seen whether he can sort of keep the uptick in his overall stuff quality, like you know how hard he throws, how he's missing bats, etc., while also pitching more innings and potentially in a different role as a starter. Um, for instance, I don't think that he's going to comfortably sit 98 with his fastball as a starter. That's not likely to happen. Um, it's I guess it's plausible, but not likely. He did have two very serviceable full seasons as a starting pitcher for the White Sox in 2018 and 2019. He threw more than 180, 180 innings in both those seasons. He racked up almost five wins of replacement in those two seasons combined. He wasn't fantastic. He threw basically what I would say, to make it very simple, like a fourth starter kind of guy. Like, it gives you an idea. That's too simple, of course, but it does give you kind of an idea of how good or not good he was. He was fine. He was not terribly impressive. With that said, he has a career 4.73 ERA and a career 4.88 FIP as a starter in more than 500 innings of work. That does not mean, of course, that he will definitely be exactly that pitcher now. He's not, he has not been a starter for two-plus years now. But his profile as a starter only in what we have seen so far is basically a back-end-of-the-rotation pitcher. Like, better than the cohort of guys the Braves used at the end of the rotation last year, like better than your Dylan Dodd types from a year ago, or Jared Schuster, or when Tonkin had to pitch more innings, etc. Like, better than that, better than Colby Allard, but not someone who's going to be, like, lighting the world on fire, again, based on what we've seen. But again, this is three years ago, so we'll kind of have to see on all of that. As a reliever, everything has spiked for Lopez, which is why when the deal was announced... All the national folks, even the local folks, were like, hey, the Braves are out of their bullpen again because he's been so good as a reliever that it does make sense to kind of note like he's a reliever at this point in time. In fact, in about 164 innings in his career as a reliever over about three years basically now, he has a career 3.01 ERA and a career 3.13 FIP. That is very, very good and like you know, a run and a half, almost two runs less than his work as a starter. His strikeout rate goes up goes up a lot when he's pitching as a reliever. His advanced metrics, his stat cast stuff all go way up when he's pitching out of the bullpen. So the big picture right now is that I, I cannot tell you what he's going to be, like, what sort of role he's going to be in when the season opens. But they clearly want everyone to know that he is at least an option for the rotation. Like with Aaron Bummer, there's no question about that. Like you trade for him, he's going to be in your bullpen etc. With Lopez, he has both started before and the Braves are saying publicly to, I guess through the beat writers, that he's going to be at least an option to do that again. So crucially, this is a big thing to consider. If, and it's a big if, the Braves believe that Lopez can be a solid third, fourth starter kind of pitcher, that is a more valuable role in a vacuum than having him be in the bullpen, even if he is better or projects to be better on a per inning basis out of the bullpen. Relievers are just less valuable than starters if the guy pitching as a starter can be good enough to justify that. And it seems like, you know, again, going back to the most recent time when he was a full-time starter, Lopez was a good enough pitcher to live in the in the rotation and pitch solidly well. Again, not incredible, but solidly well. Like, okay, here's here's one example right now today. It's it's a risk, but you could argue, and I probably would argue, that with all of what we know right now only and nothing else, I would probably guess that Lopez is a better bet than Bryce Elder to be effective in the rotation in 2024. Now, that is me saying that. Nobody else on the podcast network, I know I've been a little bit lower on Bryce Elder than most, 
But I think if you go by the career numbers and what Lopez has been able to do, uh, he's a veteran. He's more proven over a larger sample than Elder. I think that if I had to like sort of rank the rotation right now, if you just assume Lopez is in the rotation, I would have Lopez as the four and Elder as the five behind Morton as the three, basically, right now today. And again, the Braves will probably do more, but keep that in mind. I'm talking about right now today, November the 20th. So all that said, the starting pitcher role is more valuable, but it is going to depend on what else they do crucially, as far as like maybe adding another guy to the to the mix in the rotation, how he looks in the spring, and what the Braves' own evaluators, um, as far as like their front office folks, their scouts, etc., actually see up close when they have him around their own system instead of scouting off of tape and off of metrics and stats. So I'm sure they've seen a lot. You know, the Braves are really good at identifying other guys and other organizations, and, and Lopez has been around for a while, so he's not like a big mystery. He's not. It's not a minor leaguer that they're kind of unearthing. He's been a major league pitcher for almost a decade at this point. But this still gives also, this is kind of an interesting thought process experiment. Uh, it might also give Alex Anthopoulos and the front office a little bit of negotiating flexibility against some agents because if you're a big-ticket starting pitcher, i.e., you know, you're Sonny Gray types, and you look at the Braves right now, and the Braves don't have a fifth starter, basically someone to throw in there alongside the big two and Morton, and even even if you believe in Elder, the Braves can now say with a straight face, we already brought in Ronaldo Lopez, who we believe is going to be a starter for us, so we're not as desperate, essentially. Now, that, that might be overstating it. I'm not sure how much of an impact that's going to have, but it's something that Alex can maybe use to say, hey, we're not quite as desperate as we were a few days ago when it comes to the rotation. But look, either way, I think Ronaldo Lopez projects to help the Braves in 2024 and beyond. If you ask me what he's going to be as a starter, again, only with what I know right now, I would guess he probably gives them like fourth starter production and gives them another useful arm to pair with Strider, Freed, Morton, potentially Elder, um, Smith Shaver, etc. If you ask me what he's going to be as a reliever, I would tell you he projects to be quite good in the bullpen because he has been for a while now. And if you projected Lopez as just a reliever, the Braves probably have the best bullpen in baseball on paper. When you're throwing in Lopez, you're throwing in Bummer, you have Tyler Matzik coming back, plus the returns of guys like Iglesias and Minter and Pierce Johnson, etc. Like, that is a loaded bullpen, and a lot of the uh, again, the immediate national discourse was basically like, hey, the Braves are going crazy on bullpen arms and spending money on bullpen arms, etc. And yes, bullpens are volatile, but there is an argument about having, you know, six, seven, eight really, really good relievers on paper that more, more of them than not are going to work out for you and it gives you a nice foundation. I think Alex very clearly believes in having a quality bullpen and having depth in the bullpen. And look, there's also a scenario where he does both and they kind of thread the needle here a little bit because they don't have a super obvious bolt guy in the rotation slash bullpen like you know your long reliever type right now. There can be value in a guy who can start for you and also, also ratchet it up in the bullpen during the same season. If the Braves just get an injury, maybe you want Lopez to be able to start in April. But if they're fully healthy, maybe they kind of put him back in the bullpen, have him be a mid to high leverage reliever. And there's some value in that too, because you know he has the pedigree of stretching out. You can give him a couple weeks to kind of do that and have him start for you, etc. Also, you know, the lot of teams are using openers these days. When you when you get to the playoffs, this is a long way away, but if you get to the playoffs and you want to have a bullpen game, he'd be a perfect guy to start in a bullpen game. That kind of stuff is uh, certainly playing into a role here. So it is not as black and white as, at least right now, Lopez is a starter or Lopez is a reliever. We will have to learn that in the next couple of months because I think the Braves, if you ask them with true serum right now, they probably don't know either at this stage. So overall, it'll be quite interesting 
And the last thing before I sign off is a look at the contract, because I know I teased that earlier. It is a very interesting contract structure, especially for a team that is currently trying to sort of juggle some competitive balance tax issues. They went over last year, etc. Lopez is only making $4 million this year. That is a very, very low number for a player of his quality, but then it jumps up to $11 million in 2025 and again to $11 million in 2026. And then there's an $8 million club option in 2027 that has a $4 million buyout. So all told, he is guaranteed to make $30 million over the next three years. That's the three-year salary plus the buyout figure in 2027. That's the floor for his salary. But he could make $34 million over four years, which changes a lot. So one is $10 million over three years annually. One is just over $8 million for four years. That's obviously a notable difference. And the dip this year gives them a lot more flexibility potentially to sign some extra help or acquire some extra help. And of course, they basically know at this point within, I would say, pretty close to certain that this is probably going to be the last year of Charlie Morton making $20 million a year in the rotation. So they can pay Lopez now, have that number jump up a little bit next year when they kind of have some more projectability from Morton coming off, etc., and, uh, you know, some, some nuance all the way through there. I mean, we, we don't know yet what the grand plan is for Anthopolis having to fill. What are still, for me, just to wrap this up, left field is a glaring hole. They have nobody there unless it's Vaughn Grissom. That's a spot they have to address. And then I still believe, even after adding Lopez, they need another starter. Now, is it going to be a big-time starter? We'll see. But I still would, if I am the Braves, right now on the outside looking in, I would say the Braves still need a starter at this point, even though they've already signed Lopez, who, who potentially might be in that role. So... There's a lot going on here. Obviously, I wanted to give you a quick sort of reaction podcast on this Monday, midday, afternoon because of how close it came to the show yesterday and because Scott and I won't have another podcast unless something big happens for a while. We will have more later on this week. I know Sean Coleman's been banged up. He's battling some voice issues right now. He's been sick, so hopefully Sean gets to feeling better in the near future. We'll have more content, I promise you, but this is a deal that was big enough. I had a little bit of time at lunch on a Monday, so I wanted to pass along my reaction. And look, big picture, I like the signing for the, for the Braves. He gives them good depth. And uh, I think Lopez is a quality pitcher. It'll just be interesting to see where he ends up as far as role is concerned. But we will have more on that. I am very confident in the next couple of months in between now and when the pitchers and catchers arrive in February. So with all that said, one more plug for yesterday's show, episode 429 with myself and Scott. Listen to that one at your leisure. Please subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, places like Apple and Spotify and Overcast, Google Podcasts. Set your podcast player to auto-download if you want to support the podcast. Go ahead and do that. Go back and listen to old episodes. Click around. Tell your friends about the podcast. I'm sure you can find a Braves fan or two or three in your life that have not found us yet. If they haven't, share the podcast with them. Hopefully, they will enjoy it as well. Five-star ratings and reviews. Also appreciated. And always, always, always read BatteryPower.com for all of the latest on the Atlanta Braves and full coverage left by Chris Willis and Demetrius and Ivan and the whole crew is fantastic over there as well on the written side. So with all that said, thank you for listening to the podcast today, everybody. I really appreciate the support as always. We'll see you all next time.